If you got your Bible this morning, let's turn to Luke, the 12th chapter, and let's believe God to go further this morning into the subject of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. How many have been reading your chapters this week? Let me see. Yeah, you see anything about the kingdom of God as you read through? I mean, it's just, you know, did you notice it as much before we started talking about this? I hadn't, you know, for some reason I just hadn't seen how much emphasis there is on the kingdom of God. You know it's there, but for some reason didn't see it like we should. Well, thank God in every area we're growing and uh, seeing things more like the Lord does. In the 12th chapter of Luke... Luke 12, he talked about not seeking after what everybody else in the world is seeking after. He said in Luke 12, 29, seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. What if you're a believer and let's say you were from the area ravaged by the hurricane, should you be worrying about what you're going to eat or drink or wear or where you're going to live? No, no. Worrying about it doesn't help one thing anyway, right? And worrying is not faith. Everybody say it out loud. God is my God. God He's my faithful provider. He always takes care of me. I will never lack. Me nor my family will ever want for something to eat, something to wear, a place to live. We will never be without because God provides. Amen. Now that's all he needs out of us. He can do the rest. Right? But panic and fear is the enemy. You get afraid and you get shaken. And oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, you're questioning God's word. You're saying, I know you said that, but I'm not sure. I hope it's true. But you just never can tell. No, we don't believe that. We believe if God says he'll supply your needs, he'll supply your needs. If he says don't worry about it, I'm going to take care of you, then don't worry about it because he's going to take care of us. He has, he is, and he always will. I don't know if we're as enthused about that as we should be. It's a relief. When you get in faith, we which have believed do enter into rest. It's a relief when you go, I never have to be afraid that I'm not going to have something to eat or something to wear, a place to live. Hmm? If God is truly the creator of the heavens and the earth, if we are the apple of his eye, why can't he take care of us? Why wouldn't he take care of us? Does he have the resources? Right? I had a friend of mine some years ago. He got a little airplane. It's just like the one uh, we got. Almost like it. And uh, he flew down. He's ministering. And he flew down to Florida. And uh, a tornado hit the airport and his airplane. Just tore that thing up. Folded it up like a Coke can. <laughs> and we called him and talked to him, and he was shouting. <laughs> Say what? He said, God's giving me something better. God's going to give me something better. He said, That's it. God's, and he did way better. You see, that's faith, isn't it? That's faith. Your house get blown away. What do you say? God's going to give me something better. You get happy, you get excited, right? I don't care how impossible it looks. Faith gets happy and shouts about it. God's not the loss, but God's given me something better. 
But now what if he'd have got down and depressed and sad? Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've lost it and we lost the money and that's unbelief. And it's not okay. I said it's not okay. Well, yeah, but you don't know what I've been through. It's not okay. For you or me, no matter what's going on, for us to doubt our God. He's always been there for us. He always will be there for us and take care of us. And so he said, don't seek, don't take any careful thought about these things. Verse 30, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you have need of these things. He knows you need something to eat. Right? He knows. We talked a few weeks ago about how to enter into the kingdom, you must be converted and become like a little child. Do little children worry about where their next meal is coming from? Do they worry about what they're going to wear? If they'll have somewhere to sleep? Or No, they just, you know, they don't even think about it. They just always have had a place and they just assume they will have a place. And, and mama knows. I'm hungry, right? And daddy knows I need something to eat and wear. Well, how much more our great father God? Daddy knows, Right? He went on to say, after all these things do the nations of the world seek after. Your father knows that you have need of these things. But rather, instead of thinking about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear and where you're going to live and all these things, making a living. Instead of that, rather, instead of that, do what? Seek ye, you seek the kingdom of God. And when you do, what's going to happen? All this stuff that people are wearing themselves out, worrying about night and day, and still not getting sometimes, all that stuff will be added to us. How many believe this, that if you give yourself, you give yourself, you give your life to do the will of God and to advance God's kingdom? Does he take personal responsibility yes, to see that you, who are given yourself to do his work and get his kingdom business done, is he going to take personal responsibility to see that you always have something to eat, you always have something to wear, you always have a place to live, you always have what you need. But, but, if you're ignoring his kingdom and all you do is try to make a living and try to get your stuff, then you've taken it out of his hands. And he's not your Lord. You are your own Lord. And then you try to become your own provider. And your own healer. Your own protector. Ain't nobody else looking out for me. I got to look out for myself. You ain't big enough. (laughs) To take care of yourself. Yeah I am. I'm the head of this house. I'm the provider of this house. Oh no. 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 You ain't big enough. Don't limit your family to your little check. So I make good money. Not that good. Nobody makes that good. Not as good as what God can do. Right? right. No. Yeah, do your part. But he is your provider. He's the one who takes care of you. The Lord is my shepherd. Right? I shall not want. Want, shall not want for strength, shall not want for peace and joy, shall not want for food and clothing and housing, shall not want for healing. He's my good shepherd. He takes good care of me. I shall not want. How can you tell when you get in faith? You quit worrying. You quit being depressed. You quit crying. You quit feeling sorry for yourself. And you get happy and you begin to have joy and you begin to have peace. I've said this before and it's just an illustration. But, you know, as you travel down life's road in your faith mobile, 
There's a couple of gauges you better keep an eye on. How many know in that automobile you came in? There's some gauges, especially one that's got an E and an F on it. You better check that thing once in a while, right? Because it cannot just get on E and stay there and hover around E and hover around E. What's going to happen? Sputter, sputter. And you're going to be left on the side of the road. Can anybody testify that this can happen? <laughs> Boy, Phyllis means that ain't going to happen to her. She's always asking me, how much gas you got? I got plenty of gas. Uh, we need to stop and get some more. She likes lots of gas. <laughs> well, on your faith mobile, there's a couple of gauges you want to keep your eye on. One is your joy gauge. One, another is your peace gauge. Because when you run out of joy, you got no more joy, you run out of peace, you're upset. You're frustrated, you're depressed, your faith mobile is going to start to sputter and leave you on the roadside of despair. If you're in faith, these are two things you'll have. Now, I didn't just make this up. This is Romans 15. The God of hope, the God of expectation, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. If you're in believing, if you're in faith, what will you have? Joy and peace. peace. Like we say around here, you'll get excited. That's joy. And you'll be relieved. Right? You'll have peace. Somebody say joy and peace. peace. Well, if you're in faith about your physical health, what would you have? Joy and peace. peace. In faith about your marriage, what would you have? You'd quit crying and fussing. Right? And you'd get into some joy and peace. I got plenty of stuff to preach on beside this. <laughs> but this is obviously something we need to focus on, right? Everybody sit out loud. Joy, joy. and peace. peace. And what if you're depressed and you're upset? I don't care how many confessions you made that morning. You are not in faith. I don't care how much you go to church, how much Bible you read. Are you with me now? You're not in faith. And if you're not in faith, you're not going to have the victory because this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith and faith is a shouter. Faith is not a crier. Faith is not a crier. Faith certainly isn't a whiny baby. Faith is not a whiner. You do know that much of the church world are whiners. Their prayers are whines. Oh God. Oh God. If you could just see some way clear. By some hook or crook. Some way, somehow. No, 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 no. Stand up like a man of God. Stand up like a woman of God. Tell God you believe Him. Tell Him you trust Him. Be a man of God. Be a woman of God. Be strong. Joy. Peace. Faith. Victory. Can you say amen? Amen. Got to quit crying. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Quit pouting. Got to quit being mad. Somebody said, do I have to? (laughs) No, you don't have to. You can stay broke. You can stay sick. You can go ahead and ruin your marriage. You can stay down and go down further. But if you want to come out, if you want to come out, quit crying, quit whining. Right? Quit making excuses. Quit telling folks sad stories. Feel sorry for me tales. I know Brother Hagin, my father in the faith, years ago, radio was the biggest thing, and uh, he went on the radio. And he said, you know, half the folks that were on sometimes would spend half their radio time begging for money and saying, boy, if y'all don't send something this week, we may not be on next week. 
And Brother Hagin said, well, uh, why would you want to send anything? They already told you they might not be on next week. <laughs> why are you want to invest in something that's going down? That's just like throwing your money away. <laughs> right? Well, now let's fast forward that to you. You tell somebody you ain't going to make it. Why do we want to invest in you? You already quit. Some folk don't know if they like this or not. They're like, no, we want to help you, but you got to give us something to work with. You got to give us some faith. You got to give us some vision. You got to tell us that you believe you're coming out. You believe it's going to be good. You believe God. Now God's got something to work with. We feel good about investing in you too, right? Victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> know if I'm going to be able to preach this or not over here. Go with me, if you would, to the uh, Matthew, the 13th chapter. You're there in Luke. No, no, for time's sake, just go to Mark 4. These deal with the same ideas, but. You do know Matthew, Mark, and Luke have a lot of the same material, but uh, from a different perspective. Mark 4, we've been talking about the kingdom of God, and in doing so, last week we got into this uh, truth about the kingdom principle. The, remember that? What is the kingdom principle? Sowing and reaping. Now this he says in Mark 4. Verse 26. Mark 4 26. So is what? The kingdom of God. God. He said this is how the kingdom of God is. This is how the kingdom of God operates. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. And should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. He knows not how. For the earth brings forth fruit of herself. First the blade. Then the ear. After that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth. Immediately. He puts in the sickle because the harvest is come. And he said. Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? What's the kingdom of God like? It's like a grain of mustard seed. Seed. Which when it is sown, what do you do with seed? You sow it. When it's sown in the earth, it is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up. Grows up. Grows up. And becomes greater than all herbs. Shoots out great branches. So that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And with many such parables spoke he the word to them as they were able to hear it. We saw, I mean, most of the 13th chapter of Matthew. And we see passage after passage after passage where he teaches about sowing and reaping. Seed and putting it in the ground and harvest as explaining the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God operates. Everything that you are experiencing in life right now is the result of a seed sown in times past. Good and bad. Is that true? Everything. The presence of your body sitting on this seat is because a seed was sown. Is that right? You being a living spirit unto your God is the result of the seed of the word of God being sown into your life. The kingdom of God's existence is because the greatest seed of all, the Lord Jesus himself, was sown into the earth. And he said himself, if a seed remains by itself, you know, if it's not planted, it remains by itself. But if it's planted and it dies, then it brings forth 
much fruit. And he did. He was planted in the ground. And he rose from the dead. And you and I are some of the fruit. And this thing is just getting rolling too. He said the kingdom of God is like when you put a little leaven in a bunch of dough. It just keeps working until it works through the whole thing. And how many know that soon and very soon there will be no more kingdom of anything. But the kingdom of God and the glory of God is going to fill the whole earth and the heaven. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you're in the kingdom? In the kingdom. And the kingdom's in you. And this life is so brief and so short. What should we be thinking about every day of our life? Kingdom of God. Kingdom of God advancing the kingdom. Yes. Right? So I thought we ought to be thinking about souls. That's what I said. Yeah. How do you build the kingdom? How do you advance? Do you get more people in the kingdom? And you develop and help the people that's already in the kingdom. Right? The kingdom of God is about people. Now, uh, in talking about this, I wanted us to go on. In fact, just go with me to John, the third chapter, and to continue talking about the kingdom principle. Now, we had said that the way of the world is to take, but God's way is to give or to sow. The devil is a forcer, a manipulator. What is stealing? It's taking something from someone against their will. They're not giving it. You're taking it. But God's way is sowing. Man, there's so much here. This is so big. Sowing is not buying. Sowing is not trading. What is sowing? It's giving freely. Scripture said freely you've received. You give in the same way you received. No strings. Are you with me now? No, I'll scratch your back if you'll scratch mine. I wish it wasn't so, but more than once I've had people... Either come right out and tell me or else they left a real strong implication that they would give certain amount of money to the church or to the ministry if I would let them do this or that or if I would endorse something or if. Is that sowing? It's got nothing to do with sowing. That's trying to buy something. And we don't do that. Right? Now, you, I mean, I'm sure you agree. I shouldn't do that, but would it be any more right for you to do it? You need to make up your mind that you cannot be bought. Are you with me now? Just get it settled, and then it's not about how much. There is no amount. You can't be bought. Why? Because you've already been bought. You've already been bought and paid for. So you can't be bought. Now in talking about sowing. See so much of what sounds like giving. In the world is not. You know. Now it's not for us to question people's motive. Or to judge them because we don't know their heart. So just don't judge. So what do you think about so and so? A lot of times you should just say I don't. I got nothing to say. I got nothing. I don't know. Right? You just don't know. But it is just a reality in the world that people do a lot of stuff in the guise of giving, but it's PR. It's advertising. They want to draw attention to themselves. Right? And none of that is the kingdom principle. None of that is sowing. Where are you right now in your scripture there? Hold your place. <laughs> Go to 1 Corinthians 13, please. Thank you, Lord. I've had before people that I've, the Lord dealt with me to do something for them. 
This one fellow, I brought him some money. And he said, oh, no, no, I can't take this. I can't. I said, sure you can. I said, you hold out your hand right there. And I put it in there. And then you close it. Voila. You got it. He said, no, 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 I can't. Because I don't want to be beholden to nobody. I said, what you mean? He said, I just don't want to feel like I owe you anything. I said, this is not a loan. This is not a loan. I'm giving it to you. I'm sowing it to you. He wouldn't work with me on it. He just kept saying, no, no, no. I just don't want to be beholden to nobody. He's operated so much in the world. He didn't even believe that there really are no strings. That I'm not going to come back for a favor next week or next month or next year. Ask for something when I, listen to me friends. Be watchful of this when you're talking to people or you're in some kind of discussion or disagreement. Don't bring up what you've done for them. Well, I've given you the best years of my life. And I've worked for you and I've done this and I cook and clean for you. And our parents telling children, you know, I carried you for nine months and I wiped your little dirty nose and changed your diaper. And what are you saying? You're saying, now this is serious stuff, friends. I know the world is full of this and sadly Christians are full of this. But what are you saying? You're saying you owe me. Now get this, if they owe you, you didn't give them anything. Did you get this now? If they owe you, you didn't give them anything. You loaned them something and now you want your pay. Are y'all with me now? I've served in that church and I gave in that church and now you are to do this for me. Then you never gave anything. And we're ready to give you your money back. Around here. And you don't want that. You do not want that to happen. So I said, why not? Because it was God you were supposed to be giving it to. (laughs) Right? If you knew some of the things we deal with, then you'd know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Thank God it's not too much. But, are you you seeing this? You owe me. See, people do this with God. God, I've served you. I've been there for you. Now you ought to heal me. He owes you nothing because of your works. You owe him your every breath. Your every heartbeat. He don't bring that up to you all the time. You know why? He gives it to you. Love freely gives. Oh, can you see this? Can you see this? Love freely gives. That's one reason I love God so much. Because of how he is. You know, he owns you twice over. He created you. He created your parents. Adam and Eve, he created us from the dust of the earth and breathed into us the spirit of life. Well, he gave man such a free will that man could choose to disobey him and commit treason against him. Now this shows you how much God gives. When he gives, he gives. He didn't run in there and say, oh, no, 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 you can't do this. You can't rebel against me. He, no, he gave him a free will. And he's not going to force him to use it for him. Well, man sinned, lost their righteousness, lost their 
being spiritually alive, lost everything, and God sent His only begotten Son, Jesus. And Jesus came and gave Himself. That's what I had you in John 3. That's what I was going to read. John 3, 16. Anybody remember that? For God, why did He do it? Because He loved us so. He so loved us. How many understand there are no wasted words in the Bible? He didn't just say God loved us. God so loved us. Loved us so much. That he did what? Oh, don't you like that word? Don't you like? God is love. So love gave. The Lord said this to me years ago. He said, the chief expression of love is giving. The, now that's a big statement, the greatest expression of love, the chief expression of love is giving. Now when I heard that, I started thinking about giving money and giving stuff and I thought, is that right? Am I hearing right? And while I'm thinking about that, this verse came up strong in my spirit. For God so loved the world that he gave. Isn't he love? What is the greatest expression of him? Love, he gave. Gave. He gave us Jesus. Didn't he? He gave us Jesus. And this giving, you know, he, Jesus came and he paid for us. He bought us. So now he owns us twice over. Do you see what I'm saying? He owns us by right of creation. You couldn't make it another moment without him giving you breath and him making the sun shine and keeping gravity in place, right? I mean, all things are upheld by the word of his power. He owns us by right of creation, and He owns us by right of sustaining His creation every millisecond. Now, since we sold ourselves to sin, He came and bought us back. His own creation, He bought back. Now He owns us twice over, and here's what He tells us. Serve me if you will. If you choose to. See, love cannot force you because that'd be taking something from you. Are y'all with me? Are y'all believing God with me on this now? See, I'm talking about the kingdom principle. What is the kingdom principle? Sowing and reaping. But another way of saying that is love. Because why would you sow? See, selfishness is not interested in giving you something that I'd like to keep. Selfishness is interested in you doing something for me. And that is the way of the world. And that's why Jesus said, by this, by you loving each other as I have loved you, by this shall all men know that you are mine. You're my disciples. Because you cannot find this in the world. You cannot find this in the unsaved world. They are out for themselves. Bottom line, again and again, out for themselves. They try to flower it up and make it look better. But when he cut through all the stuff, if it don't benefit them, they're out of here. But God, he loved us while we were doing nothing for him. We were his enemies. He loved, he gave Jesus for us. No strings. First Corinthians 13, go there please. Did you get that last part now about bringing stuff up to people? Hmm? I did this for you. I gave you your start. I actually heard, you know, you would think you would not hear such stuff, but ministers, one minister telling another minister, he said uh, he helped him get started. He gave him a letter of recommendation, and he recommended him to some pastors that he knew, and then the fellow later on wasn't doing exactly what he thought he wanted to do. He said, look. Now, I made you, and I can break you. You wonder if this fellow's even saved. I gave it to you, and I can take it away. Then you never gave anything. You're not a giver. Right? Because when you give, if they love you for it, great. If they don't, it's all right. Right? You give and you ask for nothing. You ask 
for nothing in return. You're pulling for nothing. You got your eyes on God. Now, this kind of love, this is what the Bible says, never fails. There is no defense against this. People can't keep you from doing this. You can love them. God deal with you to give them something, you give it to them. I don't care if they even send it back. You did it. Too late. I don't care if they throw it away or they just send it back. You did what God told you to do. You gave it. And as far as he's concerned, the seed is in the ground. You give them a compliment. You pray a good prayer for them. You sow something into them. Whether they outwardly receive it or not, you sowed it. You gave it. But now, it's not just about the action. It's about the heart. Because people can do things and it has the outward semblance of this. But in their heart, it's not. I've seen people come and say, Now, I know you don't like me. But I just thought to myself, self, you got to be a good Christian now. So I come and I'm going to give you my favorite pair of shoes. Even though I know you don't like me. (laughs) Is that sewing? It's not sewing. You're trying to make them feel guilty. You're trying to manipulate them. Man, there are people who've become artists at turning the tears on and off. Oh man, they're, they're good at being bad. Being deceptive. Manipulators. Manipulators. What's a manipulator? Somebody that's trying to make things happen so I get what I want. No sowing involved. And so they'll try to do stuff. I've had people come, you know, they've learned. You know, well, if I'll come in and if I'll try to do this and I'll try to give this and then it'll open the door and I'll have this and I'll have that. And they've been rudely awakened when it didn't happen that way. No. That's all I'll say about that. But uh, 1 Corinthians, are you there? 1 Corinthians. How many know you can tell when somebody's not trying to buy something? You can tell that. A number of times I've had people tell me, Brother Keith, I'm not trying to buy anything. And most of the time I could tell them, I know it. I know it. I know it. You know it in your heart. You can tell. He said in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, Verse 3, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, how much? And though I give my body to be burned, well now how much more could you give? You gave all your stuff, everything you got, and now you give up your body. Somebody says, what a saint. Not necessarily. I said not necessarily. Could you do it without love? Could you do it and you're not really sowing? Keep reading. You could do all that. And if you have not charity or the love of God, it profits me nothing. When we sow a natural seed. You put money in the offering. You go pay somebody's payment or buy them clothes or help them in some way. God does not see uh, dollar bills. He doesn't just see stuff. You know what he sees? He sees the spiritual substance that you sowed. There was a material thing in your hand But that's not really the seed. Because that thing will be gone. I mean, somebody can spend it and eat it or whatever. I mean, that thing will be gone. Right? 
But there is a spiritual seed you sow if it is in love and in faith. The thing that really makes it a seed to God is the love. The love and, of course, faith. And faith works by love. You're giving it in faith. You're giving it in love. If you don't do that, then it is not a seed. It's not a true seed. You could give somebody huge amounts of money out of guilt, trying to buy you salvation as penance. Did you hear me? As PR. You could do it for all kinds of reasons. And it's not a seed. You're not really giving. You're not really sowing. But when you do something for no other reason, no other reason except you love God with all your heart and you love people. Right? And God dealt with you to do it and you want to do it because you love God and you love them. And you do it with no strings, no strings. That is an eternal seed that will come up and produce a wonderful harvest. Go to Galatians real quickly, please. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Galatians, the fifth chapter and the sixth chapter go together. In chapter 5, verse 6, he said it. We just quoted it. Faith works by love. Verse 13. Brethren, you've been called to liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh to just get what you want, but use your liberty to do what? By love, serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in this one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Then he talks about walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh. And he mentions the works or manifestations of the flesh and the manifestation A works of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. And without going into detail, can you see that none of the works of the flesh are love sowing? Are they? What are they? Works of the flesh are manifest these. Adultery. Can you commit adultery in love? No, you can't. You're not trying to give that person something. You want something. Right? Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Are you wanting to sow something to people in any of these things? Envyings, murders. See, murder is one of the ultimate acts of this. You are taking somebody's life from them. That's how much of a taker you are. You're a taker. Well, the devil is the taker, isn't he? He wants to take everything, steal everything, destroy everything. God is the giver. I'm not a child of the taker. I'm a child of the giver. The great giver. Right? And what does that make me and you? We are giver children of a giver God. God is the greatest giver of all. If I had time, I went through last night, or this morning, I guess, and uh, looked through at all the places where God said, I give you this, I give you this, I give you this. Bible's full of it. He is the giver. And it's what he delights in. This is his hobby. This is his recreation. This is his enjoyment. What? Giving. He loves to do it. This ministers to him when somebody will let him give them new life. Give them healing. Give them the meeting of the needs. Give them joy. Give them peace. It blesses him. He gives to you and he goes, ha, I like that. Ah, look how happy they are. Ah, look at them, look at them. Do you understand? God is not unfeeling, way off, and cannot be touched. No. Jesus is touched even with the feelings of our weaknesses and infirmities. How much more our faith. 
When we jump and shout around here and go, whoo, 43 seats. He likes that. That makes him happy. He goes, look at that. Look at that. Look how they shout over 43 seats. Because to him, what's 43 seats? I mean, that'd be a quarter of a BB, I guess, but not that much. But he is happy that we receive from him. We've received. And as soon as our faith increases, we'll receive more and make God happier. I want to make God really happy. (laughs) Come on, did you get that or not? Let's make God really, really happy. How will we do that? Receive. He's the great giver. It blesses Him when we receive from Him. But then as we receive, what do we do with what we receive? We turn around and we give. We receive and we give and we give and we receive. That's the way we live. And there is no better life. But now skipping, he talks about murders, drunkenness, revelings. You don't get drunk in love. You don't envy somebody in love. You can't. You're not wanting to bless them. You don't want to give them anything. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, who is the Spirit of God, who is the Spirit of love, is, and the number one fruit he mentions is, love. Fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, does joy give you anything? Joy of the Lord, your strength. Peace, he goes on and on, glory to God, all of this is giving. It's giving life, it's giving peace, it's giving rest. Giving. Somebody say giving. Giving. Now skip on down. All this flows into the sixth chapter. Let him that is taught in the word communicate with him that teaches in all good things. That word communicate, that's giving. That's sharing. Be not deceived. Six, seven. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Can you see? He's not just talking about offering time at church. This is all of the time, this is every day, every night, every area. And he goes on to talk about the two dimensions that we're sowing in. He that sows to his flesh. What is the nature of the flesh? Selfishness. The seed you don't want to sow is selfish seeds. Selfish seeds are seeds of taking. Seeds that hurt others and seeds that take from others. Because there will come a harvest of that. And you will be hurt. You will reap hurt and you will reap being taken from. If you sow to the flesh. But if you sow to the spirit. You'll reap what? Life and it never quits giving. It's everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. What does that mean? Put that with the rest. Don't get weary in sowing. Don't get weary in giving. Do not get messed up in your head and come say, well, I just give, give, give. That's all I do. I just give. And when somebody's going to give to me. (laughs) Well, you're telling us you're not a giver. You're telling us you want your pay. You want it now. But see, there's a whole mentality, worldly, ungodly mentality that is in the church. People sitting at the table. I'm not talking about you training your kids now. I'm talking about husbands and wives. They said, you know, uh, pass me some bread, please. They pass it over and hold on to the plate. Go. Is there something you want to say to me? Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. You're not a giver. See, there's folk in the church. If you don't call on them pretty regular, if you don't acknowledge them and tell people what they're doing, they'll quit. Because they're saying, well, you know, no, I'm just giving it to the church. No, you want your pay. You want to be acknowledged. You want to be seen. 
Right? You want your pay. Which means what? You're not a giver. You didn't give anything. You want something in return. You try, you're giving it, but you're using it like currency. Boy, that's an area. Can I talk about that, Lord? It's another area here. Husbands and wives. Intimacy. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Maybe it's not all I'll say. (laughs) You understand what I'm talking about? People use, they use sex, they use these things as a tool. Try to, you know, manipulate and... You're not a giver. You're not a giver. (laughs) Well, we're having fun now, aren't we? (laughs) Well, if you'll do this, I'll do that, and you know, you're not a giver. He said, if you sow to your flesh, will you have a harvest? Yeah, but you don't want to be there when it comes in. It'll be a harvest. Selfishness is a taker. Give me, give me, give me. I want mine and I want mine now. And you sow that, it's going to come back to you and people are going to take from you. But if you sow to the Spirit, you'll be glad when harvest time comes because it's life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of sowing. Every day, sow something good. Every day. Sow something good. Sow love. Sow joy. Sow encouragement. Sow friendship. Sow loyalty. Sow good prayers. Good faith. Money and stuff. Sow, sow, sow. You're a giver. You're a giver. What do you want? People are saying. You go, nothing. Be happy. Enjoy it. You mean, what do you want me to do? Nothing. Nothing. It's a gift. Nothing. And mean it. And don't bring it up. Don't bring it up in time to come. If something comes up and rubs you the wrong way. You mean after I did all this for you? Don't you dare. You mess up your seed. I said you mess up your seed. He said let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap. Man this is as strong as you can say it. In due season. We shall reap. How many got your faith on a good harvest off of every good seed you have sown? Is it coming in? Said out loud, I shall reap. I shall reap. reap. There's no way. way. I'm not going to reap. All my good seed. seed. I I shall reap. He said, we shall reap. But here's the if. If you faint not, and I'm saying you already decided, you're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. Now see, all this goes together. As we have therefore opportunity. In other words, therefore, as we have opportunity, all this being true, let us do what? Let us do good to all men. What does that mean? So, give. Buy lunch for people you don't know. Come up behind people in the line at the mall and pay for their stuff. You don't know them, you never saw them. Phyllis and I, we've seen this again and again. People just look up at us and cry and go, why are you doing this? We said, we're Christians. We're believers, we believe in giving. They said, do you need anything? Do you want anything from us? We said, no. Enjoy your meal. Right? Come up behind something. Now, don't be pushy. You have to be polite. And you don't tell people. You ask them. Hmm? Are you with me? Because this is so foreign to some people. They, you know, it shocks them. They don't know what's going on. You come up and you say, uh, I know you don't know me. But would you allow me to pay for your items? I'm a Christian and I believe in giving. I just want to sow some good seed. You look like good ground. Would you allow me to do this? 
You know, you'd be doing me a favor. You'd be blessing me. If you would let me. Right? If they say no, then you can't. Don't be pushy. Don't get ugly. Because as far as God's concerned, you did it. Because the seed's not the money. Oh, are you with me on this? The seed is not the money. It's the love. It's the faith. That's what makes it a real seed. And you sowed that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm getting happy about this. As we have opportunity then, let us do good to all men. That's everybody. That's unsaved people. But then he says, especially to them who are of the household of faith, especially to fellow believers. Right? Especially to people who live by faith. Operate by faith. Especially to them. Because they believe in God. Right? But then God will have us do things. People that don't know God, they're not believing God at all, but he'll have us to do it as a witness. And the goodness of God help lead them to repentance. Right? We were somewhere the other day. And uh, we were on our motorcycles. And we saw some people and the little boys, they were all enamored over Phyllis's bike. (laughs) They just walked right by mine. And I thought, (laughs) but they just went, you know, because hers had three wheels. And and so she took some time with them and loved on them and their little boys and let them sit on her bike and you know, some sort of, what if they put a scratch on it? Well, there's bigger things involved. Yeah. Got to be led. Yeah. Right? And uh, she let them sit on it, and they took pictures, and we just talked to them, and they thought it was grand. One little boy said, I think I could drive this. And she said, probably could. And she told me later, she said, you know, the Lord spoke to me when we left that place. said, you sowed a seed. See, it wasn't just using the machine, what makes it a seed? Love and faith. She said, the Lord quickened me that in time to come, those guys are going to see you on TV. Preaching. And because you took a few minutes, with them, they're going to sit and listen. <laughs> and some words going to get in them. Hallelujah. Can you say Amen. Well, sow and seed. Faith and love. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Am I talking to a bunch of givers? Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Give God glory. Lord, you're such a giver. Oh, you're such a giver. We worship you. We exalt you. We praise you. We extol you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Said out loud, thank you, Father, for being who you are and being what you are. Love that gives, freely gives. I thank you. That love that you are is shed abroad in my heart. By the Holy Ghost. And that I. Am made in your image. And like you. Am a love giver. Giving love. All the time. Everywhere. In Jesus name. Oh thank you Lord. Now say this out loud. 
Thank you, Lord. You are the giver of seed to sow. And we're asking and we're claiming much more seed. Bigger seed. Greater seed. More seed in more areas to give in love and faith. We claim it. In Jesus' name. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.